I would like to welcome Professor Peter Gully, Director of the First Medical Department at the University of Mainz, Germany. Thank you very much for having us today. My pleasure. At the recent ESMO 2021 conference, you chaired a very interesting symposium, a multidisciplinary discussion about emerging new therapies. Luckily, in the couple of last couple of years, uh, we have seen emergence of new therapies, immune checkpoint inhibitors and TKIs in the field both of the renal cell carcinoma, hepatocellular carcinoma, and even in thyroid carcinoma. So what are those common uh, issues, what we have to deal with in the field? How can we help the clinicians to choose between therapies? What these commonalities, what we can see in these new emerging therapies? Thank you for your questions. It was a very interesting and stimulating session. Usually we are having a tendency to stick to our peers in a very close environment and concentrate on, for example, GI cancers. Here we had the situation that we were looking across the border and uh, were uh, looking for commonalities. And it's actually very striking that the therapeutic interventions as they have emerged over recent years are very comparable between liver, kidney and thyroid. And what is sticking out today is truly the combination out of a backbone. Um, this is the um, immune checkpoint inhibitor. And that is because monotherapy has been truly effective, but not effective enough. This is then complemented by an additional partner, mostly a TKI. And the TKI contribution is the contribution of an immune modulator. It's acting on various immune cells in the tumor marker environment, helping the immune checkpoint inhibitor to stimulate T cells to become more effective. And the beauty of this combination is that it's rather well tolerated. So in recent years, we gained speed in terms of pointing to the um, quality of life. And if you, for example, take liver uh, cancer as one entity, here we have very frail patients. These patients suffer not just from a tumor, they suffer from underlying liver disease, which in most cases has resulted in liver cirrhosis. And whatever you do to them, it's harming them. And, and they don't tolerate a lot of toxicity. And in the uh, I Am Brave 150 trial, this is the trial which is uh, resulting in a new standard of care in first-line inhibitor cellular carcinoma treatment, atezolizumab, a PD-1 ligand inhibitor plus Bevacizumab, an anti-oncogenic antibody. What was very striking in that treatment is that uh, quality of life was maintained over time. And this is so important as, um, and this is actually true for kidney, thyroid, and, um, and HCC in these advanced stages. We are providing support, we prolong life, we uh, reduce tumor burden, but we are not healing. And if you don't heal, then pay attention to quality of life. 
and uh, we see that in the uh, few last few years when this change went through we usually stepped up from um, a tki monotherapy sunatinib in the renal cell field and hepatocerocarcinoma sorafenib so do you see that these monotikis have any role in a single treatment in first line, or we have to always look for a new standard of care for these combination therapies? In principle, combination is key, is the treatment option of choice, is standard of care. But then, of course, there are issues. It's starting with labeling, availability and cost. I mean, if we look at this, uh, these problems on a worldwide scale, and you are well aware that in particular, hepatocellular carcinoma is very prevalent in poor countries with not so much, so many resources. So then you have to make wise decisions, which are um, maybe not um, as evidence-based, but it's pragmatic and it's what you are doing in your individual country, for example. And then the issue of tolerability, there is severe underlying autoimmune disease, um, then you would be reluctant to um, integrate immune checkpoint inhibitors in that disease in, in, in the treatment. And, and this is true for patients with uh, kidney and liver disease. If there is um, transplantation uh, um, uh, background, if the patient have been transplanted, um, then you would be afraid of rejection and you would not be able to introduce checkpoint inhibitors. But here, uh, monotherapy with um, uh, with TKIs would be would be an option definitely. Your so the, the the window narrows for this particular um, uh, mode of action, but it's not not lost. In your presentation, you were talking about the practical or pragmatic choice of first line, second line treatment. Uh, how we look to the sequential treatment. So what's your suggestion? What, what do you think in, in HCC is the best way of these sequential treatment? The problem we have is that the more options you are able to choose from, the less likely it will be that you are running trials comparing A and B with each other. So in the end, you do have to make pragmatic choices. And um, that, for example, can be if you started with an IO-based therapy, then the next option in a sequence is a change of mode of action and you go to a TKI. And of course, in the future, that needs to be biomarker-based. You would like to know upfront who is likely to benefit from one therapy or not. But um, it, it will never happen that all the different options as they are uh, appearing and uh, the, the field is actually broadening, particularly in hepatocellular carcinoma, there are more combinations coming up. And it will not be possible to compare all them, all of them with each other. So then you need to have a solid basis. Mode of action, change in mode of action is a very good pragmatic approach and supported actually already by small scale trials. And in that setting, um, uh, another object uh, is tolerability. Uh, the further 
downstream in the treatment um, history of a given patient, the more vulnerable patients get, and then you pay attention truly to how well tolerated is a given drug. The common theme uh, of the uh, three uh, diseases was uh, that using the TKI, which type of TKI you would use, a narrow acting or a white acting, acting one which acts on more uh, receptors. So what do you think, what do you see is uh, the most beneficial for the patient? This is um, one of the questions I have been asked um, 20 years ago um, very frequently as a general question. Do you prefer a narrow TKI, single target, or a multi-kinase inhibitor? And as for uh, 20 years ago, I, I'm just able to say, I don't know. And it depends on the available clinical data. You really have to find out. I mean, in general, if you have a disease which has a very prominent driver, if there is a defined driver mutation, then it makes, of course, sense to go in with um, one TKI, which is very specific. We have that for FGFR receptor mutations in colangiocellular carcinoma, for example, and then you can interact with more specific TKIs. But for the most part, I'm afraid these dirty, these multi-kinase inhibitors are most frequently chosen. And then it really depends on the, on the, on the data set as it has been generated in clinical trials. It was interesting to see, looking forward for the future a bit, uh, the COSMIC trial program, uh, because there's a COSMIC one, uh, 313 in uh, renal cell carcinoma, when uh, EP, NEVO plus CABO is a combination. How do you feel about uh, the idea that we don't have to pick uh, if we start in renal cell carcinoma with double immune checkpoint or immune checkpoint TKI, but combining the three? Uh, do you think it has a, a reason, or it, it, it is a, a good choice to combine all three, or you are more uh, aware of the possibility of side effects? So the COSMIC program, which also is available in hepatocellular carcinoma with the COSMIC 312 trial, is combining um, cabosantinib with um, one or two checkpoint inhibitors. Cabosantinib is an interesting substance as there is a lot of preclinical and also some clinical evidence that it is um, a very attractive immune modulator and that it is contributing to the activity of immune checkpoint inhibitors. So it has a good theoretical background, a good rationale. Um, the question whether you are combining it as in 312 with atezolizumab as doublet or in 313 uh, with Nevo and Ipi as a triplet is an open one. What is definitely true is that you are adding toxicity and um, in liver, we have not seen, we have seen some improved efficacy, but the data are still very sketchy. So not many um, patients have been investigated so far. I would leave that question, doublet versus triplet. I would keep that open. But what I would like to stress that is that indeed carbosantinib is an interesting substance to be um, uh, used in combination with an immune checkpoint inhibitor. It's interesting to see that in the 
renal field, we have seen pembrolizumab with, uh, combined with different TKIs. And now in the COSMIC program, we see the other way around because uh, in 313 in the renal field, we will see uh, cabozantinib with nivolumab. But here, as you mentioned, the COSMIC uh, 312 study, we see it with atezolizumab. So how do you feel that the different TKIs, in this case cabozantinib, is combined with different immune checkpoint inhibitors? Do you think it has a different uh, effect or they have to be able to work together? I mean, these combinations have all their different profiles and effectivities and toxicities. As we are talking about different trials, and we know very well that cross-trial comparisons are very critical, very difficult, I would keep that um, in mind, but open. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean, there are so many questions in this uh, arena of combination. It's actually also the timing. Um, do you better start with monotherapy and then add something else? Um, so there are so many open questions. At this point, I'm very, as a treating physician, happy to see that there are more options available and emerging, but the um, it's still very premature. And the comparison of um, which checkpoint inhibitor with which TKI is the optimal um, situation that will remain open for quite quite a long time, as I said, because we, we will have a problem to really run trials where these options are compared with each other. In the session, uh, Manuela Schwedinger uh, asked the question, but I think it's relevant with all these uh, three uh, diseases, head or tail. So what is the most important uh, uh, you know, uh, way to choose which endpoint? Do you want uh, an improvement in the beginning of the treatment or do you want a, a long plateau? Uh, of course, you want to have both. You want to have an initial benefit so that those patients who die early are protected. But of course, the tail is the most interesting one because if that is a plateauing and doing this for a long time, then you are in getting into the range of cure. For monotherapy, um, it seems to be rather the tail where we see a benefit and not so much the, um, the beginning of the curve. And for the combination, that was very striking for the atezolizumab-bevacizumab combination in hepatocellular carcinoma. You see a difference at the very first imaging, which is after six weeks. And apparently some patients are benefiting very early on. Again, in, uh, in theory, uh, it's nice to talk about where the benefit uh, is located, but um, from the patient's perspective, you want to have it early on and maintained, so beginning and tail. In summary, uh, how do you feel, uh, just compared to a few years ago, when you see a patient that you have much more choice uh, and to offer them uh, to perhaps uh, to offer them a better outcome? I just gave a presentation um, at a meeting a week ago and on the treatment, uh, the current treatment in hepatocellular carcinoma. And after my talk, I was approached by uh, old friends who moved away from academics. And they told me, 
if we would have had these opportunities as you are having them now, we would have stayed in academic because it's so exciting. And that tells you the full message. It's it's really fascinating and in particular in hepatitis cell carcinoma where we, unlike for example, uh, renal cell cancer where the story of systemic therapy is a longer one, in hepatitis cell carcinoma, it started with sorofenib monotherapy in 2007, was then a lag period where not so much was developing, but now we have a plethora, a full spectrum uh, armamentarium, and uh, that is something which is really for the benefit of our patients, but also from the perspective of a treatment, uh, treating physician, it's, it's, it's definitely very rewarding to see that we to have more options. Thank you very much for sharing your insight. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for your interest. My pleasure.